tipping points in the health system. Welcome to the Tippis Podcast. The Tippis Project. Droughts damage the Amazon rainforest. And the devastating dry periods have become more frequent in South America. In 2005 and 2010, the droughts were so severe that they were termed droughts of a century. Now scientists from the Tippis Project, led by Niklas Bors at the Potsdam Institute of Climate Impact Research in Germany, who is also the associate coordinator of the Tippis Project, have found a way to predict the serious droughts in the Amazon rainforest up to 18 months in advance. This means it's possible to warn millions of people who depend on the regular supplies of water from the forest. But actually, you think the most important aspect of this finding is that you now know how these droughts start. You found the mechanism behind them. Why is that important, Nicholas? Yeah, exactly. So I'm, um, yeah, I mean, we believe that we discovered at least one of the dominant mechanisms for um, droughts in the Amazon, and based on this mechanism, we can predict um, droughts up to 18 months in advance. But I think the the, the larger value of this is that the fact that the prediction works well also tells us that we, dis- I mean, that we are on the right track in discovering the am- the mechanisms that cause droughts which in turn allows us to um, better estimate the future fate of the Amazon and how droughts will develop in the future. Why is it important to estimate the future of the Amazon forest? So there is a lot of studies um, implying or indicating that the Amazon is at risk of transitioning to a savanna um, due to the combined effects um, of anthropogenic influences. I, well, I mean, for, the, for one, anthropogenic climate change, global warming, changing um, temperature patterns also in the Atlantic Ocean. And on the other hand, um, widespread deforestation, which has massively increased in the recent um, one or two years under the current Brazilian government. So we're at risk of losing the Amazon rainforest, the whole thing? Yes, we are. And now you found the mechanism that, uh, one of the mechanisms, because you say deforestation is one of the mechanisms here. People are cutting down the trees and using the land for other purposes than the rain, than rainforest. But these, this mechanism that you found, that's linked to climate change, isn't it? Potentially, yes. Um, so in a nutshell, the um, hydrological conditions in tropical South America, where the Amazon is, um, they really crucially depend on the moisture inflow from the um, tropical Atlantic Ocean. Um, the so-called trade winds, which converge in this um, rain belt that's called the intertropical convergence zone, they bring the moisture from the um, tropical Atlantic towards the South American continent. And um, so the position of this rain belt, of this intertropical convergence zone, is indirectly affected by sea surface temperature patterns. Um, The relationship between sea surface temperatures in the northern tropical Atlantic and the southern tropical Atlantic. Okay, so we are uh, around the equator here. Exactly, we're around the equator. And uh, um, so basically the sea surface temperatures just north of the equator and their relationship to the sea surface temperatures just south of the equator, um, that determines the position of this, um, where, where basically it determines the latitudinal position of the winds that bring the moisture into South America. And if this is shifted too far south, then um, we have a lack of moisture in the Amazon. And that will then cause a drought. So if the winds that hit the coast of South America and bring the water to the rainforests, if these winds are shifted, the rain ends up somewhere else than in the forest? 
Yes, the rain ends up too far to the south. So the, the rainforest doesn't receive as much moisture as it needs to maintain itself. And um, this is at least definitely what happened in 2005 and 2010, that it led to severe droughts, let's say, in the southern central Amazon. It's of course, it's not always the entire region that is affected, but in 2005, 2010, also um, 2015, 16, it was huge parts of the Amazon that were affected. And then you had the tree mortality. And um, in fact, this increased tree mortality during these times led to an, um, basically a reversal of this property of the Amazon to be a global carbon sink. So in, 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 under normal conditions, the Amazon takes a lot of um, CO2 out of the atmosphere and stores it in the forest. Now the trees die, they release the CO2. And during these droughts, um, there's a lot of evidence that actually the Amazon was a net carbon source rather than, rather than a sink anymore. How can you see, how does this mechanism work? I mean, what are the sea surface temperatures and how do they determine exactly where the winds go? So essentially the sea surface temperatures, they determine the um, regional um, pressure conditions and those pressure conditions determine the position of, the, of, this, um, of, of, of this band where the uh, westerly winds converge. Mm. Okay, so it's just like when you see the weather report. It's like you you see a high pressure system and it and you can see how it it leads the winds around, and that's what happens here also simply. Essentially, although what you see in weather forecasts is usually um, on time scales of a few days, and here this uh, so this this characteristic pattern that we are talking about in the sea surface temperatures more lives more on time scales of of a few years. So that's why also this uh, drought prediction that we that we came up with, that's why it works for 18 months in advance because the the dominant um, sea surface temperature pattern that we use um, for the prediction, which is the underlying mechanism, um, this builds up. So basically, it significantly builds up already 18 months in advance, so that then the forecast can be issued. Okay, so when it starts building up, then you have what you have documented is that then it then it becomes persistent. It keeps on going. Yes, exactly. And it becomes it becomes stronger. And typically that is on a time scale of 18 months until this pattern has fully developed. And this is then also when we have the drought in the Amazon. But because it's so concise and so, um, yeah, so, so clear how it builds up, we can do a forecast based on that. And it actually worked. Like, uh, so we have reliable data, let's say, for the past 40 years. And we had um, seven droughts that are off this scale, like the 2005 and 2010 ones. And out of those seven, for six, it um, it works really well. Now, the weather forecast, you can usually use that for, uh, for you know, determining whether you want to go outside the next day or whatever, you want to go to the beach and stuff like that. Can this be used? I mean, a prediction 18 months in, in advance for the, for the Yamazon rainforest, can... Does that does that have any practical use? Can you help people out who are, yeah, I mean, there, there's agriculture in the area and stuff like that. Of course, it, I mean, it, it helps massively for agricultural planning. I'm not so sure if agriculture in the Amazon region is a good thing in the first place, though, because that is the main driver of the deforestation um, that also puts the rainforest and the whole ecosystem at risk. So. Um, Yeah, I mean, whether it's whether it's relevant and helpful for agriculture or not, I'm not so much interested in. Um, so it won't help the rainforest itself because that cannot and should not be managed. So just us knowing that there will be a drought next year will not help the rainforest itself, the natural rainforest itself in any way. 
um, which is why I said in the beginning that I'm um, the, so my my main interest in this is that from the fact that the prediction works so well, I'm confident that we have identified a, a very important mechanism and basically using that and seeing how this will develop into the future um, will give us a new tool to um, estimate how the Amazon will change in the future. Mainly because the, the, so the dominant mechanism, as I said, it's based on the relationship between sea surface temperatures in the northern and, and southern tropical Atlantic. And that's a feature that I believe is much more robust in the climate model projections that we have at hand than the much, much more complicated relationship between the um, Amazon ecosystem and, and the atmosphere. And so, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of complicated processes in this whole vegetation atmosphere interactions, but just the, the sea surface temperature pattern, that's a sort of simple, smooth and robust thing where I would be willing to believe the climate model predictions much more than for these more complicated things. So now we should know with higher certainty whether the rainforest is under threat of disappearing from climate change. Yes, um, we should know um, if we have, I mean, but we are not that fast, so we are currently investigating the, the climate model projections. One thing that has been, I mean, that's, I mean, it's basically old news is that um, um, actually unrelated to global warming, um, we see a reduction in aerosols on the northern hemisphere, just because air pollution has decreased in the northern hemisphere in the last decades, um, which means that there is a um, cooling, um, the, so these aerosols have been cooling the, the northern hemisphere and now there's a relative warming of the northern hemisphere just because um, that, um, that, that cooling isn't take, taking place anymore. And so that's the, that's the dangerous thing. So if we have a relative warming of the northern hemisphere, of the northern tropical Atlantic, um, as compared to the southern hemisphere, that will increase the drought frequency. So if there's just a like if there's a level increase in the northern in the north and in the south then that's not decisive for 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 the free, free, for the changes in frequency of the droughts but if we have a warming of the northern hemisphere relative uh, relative to the southern hemisphere then we will have an increase in droughts for example triggered by a reduction of aerosols in the northern hemisphere but of course also ocean circulations can change as a response to global warming and then we might also have patterns that are um, of, of a similar shape and which would also increase drought frequency. Tips. The TIPIS project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Programme under grant agreement number 820970.